He is more than a story. He is more than a comic book superhero. He is more than a symbol of hope. He represents our greatest aspirations. He is everything we think we can be. And yet, even with all the strength and all the power in all of the world, he may not be able to meet his greatest challenges and redeem his family's legacy. For he is the son of El. Chapter 21 The Demon's Apprentice That first night walking the grounds with Ra's al Ghul, it seemed nothing was out of bounds. The old man led Bruce through underground tunnels to assess his endless artillery and pallets of gold bullion locked away in the vaults below his palace. The tunnels wove by endless passages as they walked through a winding labyrinth. While Ra's al Ghul spoke about his overseas properties, Bruce tracked every passageway and turn they did and did not take. Finally, they emerged from the ground hours before dawn, walking out of the mouth of a beastly stone temple. The two of them stepped out of the catacombs and into a training ground. A stone courtyard stretched out in front of them, surrounded by rows of small uniformed huts, their occupants still asleep. In the center of the courtyard stood a tall, slender woman. Bruce had not noticed her at first. He wasn't sure when she had arrived or if she had been there all along. It seemed she had not moved in the slightest. This is the Lady Shiva, Sandra Wuson, the Destroyer. She is my most deadly assassin and head of my guard. She will see to your training, and I will see to your education. Lady Shiva, this little bird has fallen out of his nest and into our care. Help him find strength. Board him here among your students and send him back to me at this time each day. The frightful man turned directly to Bruce. Do as Lady Shiva instructs and I will see you tomorrow, little bird. Walk through the tunnels we came through. I have no doubt you already know the way. With one last silent nod to Lady Shiva, he pivoted, immediately disappearing into the temple's maw, leaving Bruce with the steely woman. She looked him up and down, with doubt clearly in her eyes. Little bird... It is a fitting name, but what kind of bird are you?" She did not wait for any foolish answers from the boy. Instead, snapping him to attention with a single, almost imperceptible gesture, she marched him to the laundry facility, issued him a training uniform, and left him in his own hut among the others. He had time to bathe in the empty common bathhouse before changing into his new garb and meeting the other students for a day of physical training. When the sun set, Lady Shiva took Bruce aside from the others and led him back to his hut. She looked down on him with pity. Through the labyrinth, it is a thirty-minute walk to the palace. That is if you don't become lost. You should rest now. I will come for you before dawn. Going to bed that night, Bruce recalled the path he took in the labyrinth. It was far longer than thirty minutes. He visualized his path well into the night, until he was sure which corridors were unnecessary. True to her word, Lady Shiva returned while it was still dark and saw him to the temple's entrance. I do not take these tunnels unless it is asked of me. You will be wise, if nothing else, if you manage to find your way back the way you came. She handed him a lantern as though she were sentencing him to death. Despite her foreboding, Bruce's mental map proved itself true as he emerged into the palace cellar, 
well under 30 minutes later. Thus began a routine that lasted for many years. Ras al Ghul took personal care and seen to Bruce's education. Each morning before dawn, the boy met with his master in the room full of artifacts looking out on the garden. There, he received lectures on the history of the earth and mankind. Over the course of many months, turning into years, Bruce was taught about the creation of the League of Shadows and their role in geopolitics. The League was an alias of their more ancient order, the Shadow Watchers. For thousands of years, they had fought in the shadows to prevent the Light Keepers from ascending to supreme power. In his lessons, Bruce was always encouraged to ask questions. The Light Keepers, what is their aim? If Krypton has already been destroyed, what do they hope to accomplish now? At this point, they seem intent on destroying each other. They are vying for power just as Enlil did. Desperate to prove their worth, they have become a threat to all life on our planet. There is no extreme they will not go to to assert their might. Is that why my parents were killed? I am sorry to say it is not. Your family was the first of the Light Keepers to be targeted. They died before the destruction of Krypton. I do believe they were murdered because of their allegiance to me. Our alliance was meant to be clandestine. They were defecting from the Light Keepers in secret and had become my informants. But why? Why would they have done that? They did it for you. They saw the truth in what I told them and wanted no part in the Light Keepers' machinations. Your parents recognized the threat they posed to life on Earth. It was evident to them that the pernicious forces at work upon Krypton would not be quelled upon its demise. They were not wrong. Even without them, we are still training ourselves and preparing. The Light Keepers have long since led themselves astray. The League of Shadows is all that stands between their brutal power play and the rest of humanity. But what can the League possibly do? Subversion is a subtle art form that aims to predetermine ramifications. We may not be able to seize the meal from the lion's mouth, but we may convince it where to carry its prey and where to eat it. Wherever the lion feeds, blood will run to the ground, fertilizing the soil. Through cunning, we decide on what grounds the lion eats. In this same manner, the Light Keepers are hungry beasts, and we must be their shepherds, lest they destroy us all with their appetite for power. This riddle left Bruce with many questions he found hard to articulate. He had ample time to ponder them. When he wasn't training with the other cadets under Lady Shiva, he was given additional chores, slaving at every conceivable job the estate had to offer. Yet Bruce's duties went far beyond tasks and chores. When visitors came to speak to the master of the estate, Bruce always stood at Ras al Ghul's side. In the same manner that his master donned a cape and demon's face, Bruce wore a domino mask over his eyes and shrouded himself in a hooded cloak. He was referred to only as the Little Bird, or more often over the years, simply as Robin. Bruce's mornings could start in brutal combat training and end in the kitchen, skinning potatoes. He would find himself hand-building a road along with slaves one day, and carried by the same slaves along the same road the next day. All the while, no matter Bruce's task, wherever he went on the estate, he was being watched. The same pair of intense dark eyes found him wherever he had been sent to work. They were the eyes of Ras al Ghul's daughter, Talia. She was a year or two younger than Bruce, and had long wavy hair nearly as dark as her eyes. At first, Bruce found her constant presence annoying, yet it was perhaps the most consistent part of his days. Eventually, 
He came to expect to see her when he glanced up, and was disappointed when she wasn't there. Over a year passed before they finally spoke to one another. Her interest in him had waned at times, but naturally persisted. They were the two youngest people on her father's compound. One day, while Bruce labored under the sun making bricks, she came especially close by. He dared to break the silence. You don't have to just watch, you know. You could always offer to help. Oh, I can't. You are being tested. I mustn't help. You could offer me water. Oh, I cannot do that. I do not know what he is testing you at. Maybe he's testing me not to talk to you, and now I've already failed. That is too bad. That does sound like one of his tests. You could make it up to me by bringing me some water. I'd better not, she whispered as she slipped away, returning to watching from afar. When she eventually came out of the awkward shell of her youth, Talia was blessed with a dazzling grace that captivated young Bruce. Yet living under the discipline of Ras al Ghul left little time for the two of them to become more acquainted. As Bruce's responsibilities expanded, so too was he trusted with the knowledge of the inner workings of the League of Shadows. He began accompanying his master when Ras al Ghul traveled to inspect his extended holdings around the world. The League of Shadows served as a kind of franchise for organized crime. They founded disruptive factions wherever they saw a vulnerable point of leverage in the Lightkeeper's domain of influence. He was being taught the principles of disrupting them and seizing their power. Ras al Ghul's purpose for him did not start to become clear until he brought Bruce back to Gotham. They returned to the city of Bruce's birth with regularity. By stealth jet, they came and went from the city, undetected in the night. The League of Shadows fostered a young crime boss there, Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald Cobblepot was a pear-shaped man dressed in a five-piece suit with a top hat and umbrella. He traded mostly in weapons, though he would take advantage of any law that, once broken, would make him large sums of money. While enumerating the many acquisitions he had made for the League of Shadows, Cobblepot found himself caught in a lie. Ras al Ghul grilled him for details he had conveniently forgotten. The League of Shadows did not hold back punishment, even for their own prestigious leading members. For the most prominent among them, their retribution for misbehavior was administered by the demon's head himself. Ras al Ghul always traveled with bodyguards, yet seeing him pounce upon Cobblepot and break the man with three precise blows, it was apparent that his guards were only there to save him the trouble of dismissing lesser foes. Cobblepot squawked with anguish as he was crippled to the ground. His henchmen flinched, but knew their place in the presence of the demon's head. When he was satisfied that he had dispensed his lesson, Ras al Ghul departed with his entourage, promising to return for a rectified acquisition report. Back on the jet, he and Bruce retreated to his quarters where they could sit and discuss what Bruce had seen. Removing his mask, Ras al Ghul reflected on their work there. You see, Robin, it is essential that we never leave them latitude to question our dominance. Oswald will not soon forget what he has learned this evening, I promise you. Though I could not save your parents, when I pass this empire to you, it will contain all that was taken from you that night. Bruce began to discern the full intention of his training. He was being molded into an heir-to-be. Ras al Ghul had mentioned his sons many times before, often comparing them to Bruce. They had disappointed their father. Whatever had become of these men was unclear, but most were undeniably deceased. Ras al Ghul spoke of them with longing nostalgia. There were so many stories of long-lost sons that Bruce began to wonder how old his master really was. Talia felt no need to answer him directly when Bruce asked. 
I'm not really sure how old he is. He's always seemed eternal to me. But I'm his daughter, so I may be biased. How well do you know your brothers? I've only known two of them, but he is harder on his sons. He tends to drive them away, though he does the same to you, and you're still here. So maybe they were the problem. Does that mean he's adopting me? Oh no. He has selected you. Selected for what? Why, for me, of course. You are my beloved. We are for each other. I didn't realize we weren't playing hard to get. Aren't we a little young to have that decided for us? Everyone's lives are decided for them. We're no different. You and I are meant to be. You will see, my beloved. Her confidence irked Bruce. He didn't like the claim that his fate was decided. Yet he could not imagine leaving. He had embedded himself into the League of Shadows, risen to its highest echelon, and become enchanted with his only friend and peer in the League. He wanted to believe in the fantasy Talia described, but he feared her father had greater intentions for him. Under the tutelage of the demon's head, Bruce had grown into a large-statured young man. No longer the child apprentice, his role in the League was evolving. When Ra's al Ghul visited his holdings that were spread around the world, Bruce no longer stood by his master's side. Instead, he posed among the other bodyguards, still observing and learning, yet more discreetly and under the command of Lady Shiva. Bruce began joining her to enforce the League of Shadows' will on their vicariously operated crime cartels around the world. They kept their power in check through a system of fear. The intimidation alone of Ra's al Ghul and the League of Shadows was enough to keep their factions around the world from stepping out of line. Lady Shiva and her special strike force were known for moving in unison like one deadly being, appearing and disappearing into the night without a sound. Bruce was a part of this elite guard. Among them, he grew a fascination with the use of surreptitiousness as a form of intimidation. Bruce was learning that with a deadly reputation and the advantage of surprise, they rarely had to take action at all. While Bruce grew into his late teens, Ra's al Ghul's mysterious age was catching up with him all at once. He spent his days ill for long stretches at a time. As Ra's al Ghul's health wavered, one of his acting crime lords, Dr. Ebenezer Dark, noticed the master's decline. Dark had a persuasive ability to speak. He was using this ability to spread word that he was the most suitable to take over as the demon's head. Though weak of strength, Ra's al Ghul's will was as keen as ever. He knew how to end this upstart before his plan could even bud. Bruce was sent instead. The little bird had grown. It was time to be tested. Bruce was to wear his master's mask and speak and move as his master would. It was the performance he had been training for. Every tone inflection, every posture, he had been trained to recognize and reproduce. He was the perfect person to stand in for Ra's al Ghul himself. Along with Lady Shiva and her guard, he flew in by jet to confront Dr. Dark as the demon's head. Yet when confronted, Dr. Dark made no claim to power and showed no surprise at their visit. Instead, Dark attempted to use his powers of persuasion on who he thought was Ra's al Ghul underneath the mask. He knew to play innocent. Surely, my lord, if you think I would betray you, someone is telling lies about me. I am being framed. Who is telling you this slander? Bruce moved and spoke just as his master. Under the mask, he was indistinguishable. It is from your own mouth, Ebenezer. Do you not remember? At this suggestion, Dark froze, unsure what the demon's head was referring to. His pause betrayed his guilt. Bruce seized the moment and pounced upon Dr. Dark. The doctor instantly caved, 
not expecting the old man to hit with such virile strength. As he took him to the ground, Bruce broke several of Dark's bones, including multiple ribs. Yet when the young assassin-to-be beheld the terror in Dark's eyes, he froze. It was the expression he had seen on his parents' faces before they died. In that split moment, Ebenezer Dark saw his hesitation. Thinking this attacker was Ras al Ghul, Dark believed this was the moment of weakness to take advantage of. He began to draw his short blade, but before it could escape its sheath, Lady Shiva intervened, slaying him with one swift strike of her sword. Simultaneously, her guards pounced on Dark's security detail. Before Bruce even realized he had frozen, Dark's entourage had been disposed of. He had failed his master and would be returning in shame. As they flew back on the jet, Lady Shiva found Bruce sulking by himself. She stared at him as he met her gaze for what felt like an eternity. You might not be the kind of bird we were expecting, young Robin. Perhaps I'm no bird at all. This is a metaphor, boy, and you are learning to fly. You may have failed to fill your part today, but you were not chosen by accident. None of us were. The demon's head made all of us. There are no accidents here. Every tipping point that tore my life apart was surrounded by the League of Shadows, positioning me to where I am now, at my most mastered, most honed self. You are no different. He created you for this in every way. You will not fail next time. You must not. As she spoke these final words, Bruce wondered if he saw the beginnings of tears in her eyes. She turned and walked away before he could be sure. Back at the palace, Lady Shiva was the first to speak privately with their master. Bruce waited outside of the chamber they spoke in. Talia spotted him standing in the hall and kept her distance, not daring to speak to him, just as she had done when they were children. Bruce feared for what his hesitance had cost him. For a moment, as he stood alone with his fate pending, he wanted to run away. Instead, Bruce reminded himself that his fate was not pending. It was already decided by the demon's head. Thank you for listening. I'm Isaac Bluefoot. Son of Bell is written and produced by myself. If you're enjoying this audiobook, please recommend it to friends and rate and review it whenever you can. Every bit helps. Another and quite substantial way to show support is by becoming a patron at patreon.com bluefoot. This story was inspired by the Superman and DC comics and characters originally created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, with additional contributions by Bill Finger, Bob Kane, Dennis O'Neill, Neil Adams, Julius Schwartz, and Rick Estrada. Manuscript editing assistance by Trisha Real. Music in this episode was made by Elitrolice, Leo Erliola Beta, Sea Ladder, BioUnit, Masato Abe, Poddington Bear, David Hillowitz, Crowinder, Vortex, and Scott Holmes. See the episode notes for details. For more of my work, get yourself a deck of Omen Quest cards at omenquestcards.com, an easy way to open up. And be sure to listen to the next episode, Chapter 22, From Out of the Shadow.